Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, I sat down with Matthew Goldstein, executive director of BESA, to talk about helping people and businesses give back to their community, innovative, technology-driven approaches to service, the important work being done by nonprofits in Columbus, and the ongoing need for all of us to find ways to give back. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored this week by Little Rock Bar. Little Rock Bar is located at 944 North 4th Street in Italian Village. With 30 beers on tap, Little Rock Bar has happy hour from 4 to 8 every day. Every Tuesday, get $3 draft beers all night while you enjoy Rock Your Cock Off karaoke. Wednesdays is Everybody's a Comedian, hosted by Travis Haywisher. It's like trivia, but you prove your snark instead of smarts. Info, hours, and upcoming events at littlerockbar.net. Everybody's night should have a little rock. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Matthew Goldstein, the founder and executive director of BESA. Matthew, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for sitting down. First of all, give us the lay of the land. What is BESA? BESA is a Columbus-based nonprofit. We just celebrated five years. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I was at the event. Ah, yes, you were. Yes. Did you have a good time? I did, and I got a nice lapel pin. It's not on you. I didn't. I thought about wearing it. I was in a rush this morning, so... Our whole goal is to make it easier for people and businesses to connect with the community. Okay. I think a lot of us want to be engaged with the causes and the interests that impact our community, everything from hunger, homelessness, HIV, AIDS. These are all big problems that Columbus faces, Mm -hmm. but the challenge is how do you get involved with them? And so BESA makes it easy for people to connect, to learn about these causes, these problems, and then get engaged through volunteer engagement and a whole host of other activities, as well as companies. We work with companies, large companies like Big Lots and and Safelight, to, you know, smaller organizations like Rework Furnishings in Grandview to help them navigate philanthropy and get engaged with the community. So what does that look like? When you talk about connection? Is it simply I go on your website and find volunteer opportunities, or how, how does that work? Yeah. So... The way we work is, yes, by all means, anyone from the community can go to our website. At any given time, there's about 30 to 40 high-impact service projects, meaning that last night there were 20 volunteers serving dinner to hundreds of people at the Van Buren Homeless Shelter. Okay. Packing up 20,000 diapers for local food pantries, uh, growing food in Franklinton for that neighborhood. Okay. So it's easy within two clicks for you to sign up and give back. We really focus on the experience you're going to have when you show up. So we have volunteer leaders at every project to help facilitate that interaction and that engagement. Our whole goal is to make sure that you are having a good experience, that you're not just standing around and twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes you would go... People would say like, oh, I want to go like volunteer at a festival and you show up right at the beginning and there's nobody there to like 
tell you what to do. So There's somebody there to give you your T-shirt, yeah. but yeah. So our goal is to make sure that it's not just this transactional experience, but it's transformative. And okay. the way we go about doing that is making sure we understand what our people want, right? Our volunteers okay. in terms of an experience, making sure that we identify the needs of the companies we work with so that they are best suited to use their resources to have the greatest impact in the community. But then even more than all of that is working with our nonprofit partners to understand what their needs are, where are their gaps, and how can best help fill those gaps okay. so that they can do more good with their resources and, and our resources. With the limited resources. With they limited have. resources. Yeah. So for example, Dress for Success. Mm-hmm. It's located in the short north at Fifth and High. They are celebrating 10 years of working with thousands of women, mm-hmm. helping them gain access to employment. And we have partnered with Dress for Success now for... And let's talk about that a little bit. They do that through their name. You know, they provide clothing for women to wear on job interviews. They do some job training, interview training specifically, right? They do. Okay. And so then where does does Bessa come in? Well, first of all, Dress is this incredible asset to Columbus. Like every nonprofit... Is it a local organization? It's international with local chapters. So Columbus has a local chapter. Got it. Okay. One of the biggest challenges a nonprofit faces is their mission is overwhelming and they have limited resources, like you said earlier, right? And so it's easy to start looking at your clients as numbers and just trying to get them through the door and making sure they meet certain requirements. If they don't, then you know they can't get access to your resources and you just keep moving on and on, right? Right. Dress treats... Well, and, that's, and let's talk about why that happens, right? That is because of, as a nonprofit, you're accountable to your board, one. Yep. Your board wants to hear how are you successful year over year. I imagine with Dress for Success, that metric is simply how many people, how many women did you place into jobs? And how, you know, what was the cost per at that point? Yeah. And then also you've got to apply for grants, right? Definitely. And all grants can sort of evaluate on is not like, how nice does your logo look? Or did you write a really compelling statement that is part of it? But it's a lot, again, about those metrics. Yeah. I mean, every year you you start over, right? Like, so if you have a budget of, let's say, half a million dollars, you're spending that half a million dollars and then next year you have to raise that money again to your right. point through grants and 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 individual donors and everything else and so it's easy to focus on the money you have to raise and lose sight sometimes of the you know the impact that you're trying to create in the community right dress is one of those organizations that does a really good job of staying focused on their clients and treating every single woman that comes through that door as a human being and share love and kindness with them. There's a story of, so a woman came through and she needed a job and she came through for interview Mm -hmm. assistance as well as some clothes for her job interview. Right. And this guy, Ralph, helped her. She left, she came back the next day and she had these trash bags in her hand. And she said, hi, I'm here to see Ralph. I need to talk to Ralph. And they're like, well, he's not here today. Right. They ended up getting Vicky, their CEO. Vicky came from the back, saw this woman with these two big trash can, trash bags. It was like, what is going on here? What did right. we do wrong? And she's like, listen, yesterday Ralph helped me and he made me feel so good. I took all the clothes I had in my closet, put them in these bags, and I want him to show me how to dress myself every single day. <laughs> And that's okay. one story of thousands where dress is empowering women to be the best version of themselves to get yeah. to their next. And so for us, for BESA, to partner with organizations that are really uplifting the community, mm-hmm. that's what we do best. So for in, in the example of dress, yeah, they're how do only, you guys partner yeah, with them? 
A few ways. The biggest way, I would say, is they're only open Monday through Friday, okay. typically Monday through Friday. And I think part of that might be the resources that they have, right? Right. And so we partner with them. They're now open an additional Saturday every month. Okay. And through BESA, we provide volunteers. We provide a volunteer leader. There's no one there from Dress when we're there. So they're able to help more women without increasing their overhead. Okay. And so they've been able to help 300 more women gain access to employment through this partnership with BESA. Wow. Okay. And then we look for other ways to engage the community with dress. So this year, we spearheaded a campaign to transform their fitting rooms. Okay. So you think about somebody who hasn't had uh, an opportunity, or let's say someone that that was in prison and is looking for a new job and it has a lot of stress going on and hasn't been in workplace attire in a long time, if ever. If ever, right. And so the first time that they come out of a fitting room, you want them to feel empowered and on top of their game so they can go into that interview and just kill it, right? Right. We asked Vicky, the CEO of Dress, you know, if there's something you could change about Dress for Success, what would it be? And she said, you know what, from day one, the fitting rooms. In 10 years, I would love to update these fitting rooms. Because they just look like normal department store... I mean, it's your or definition just, of normal. Like, I, are I they maybe if, if you go into like maybe a TJ Maxx where it's like the shower curtain with the oh wow, uh, it okay. wasn't. And and Vicky, if you're listening, please forgive me. But but they weren't an uplifting story of the dress experience, right? So right. the second you walk into the dress stores, you're greeted by a woman. They give you you know a, a, an employee. They give you a bottle of water. They really treat you like family. Okay. You go through this whole process. Then you get to the fitting rooms and the, and the colors are harsh. The lighting is harsh. Everything is harsh. And it's not set up for you to look in the mirror and see yourself at the top of your game. And right. so we spearheaded this campaign based on what they told us to redo the whole fitting room okay. experience. And so we brought in seven partners from Homage to Express to the Columbus Foundation to an architect firm and a design firm to redo it. It was a $70,000 renovation. Wow. And now it's like walking out of a Nordstrom fitting room. Right. The chandeliers, the lighting is better, the color palette is warmer. Right. This is something Vicky told us. These women look at these magazines, right? What's a woman's magazine? L. L. Perfect, right? And they see these women and they're like, that's not me. Okay. And, and now they feel more in line with what they're seeing in the magazine, that they, they can be just like those women in terms of how they look and how they feel. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about, transforming lives. That's great. Let's talk about the nonprofit landscape in Columbus a little bit. Sure. Like, Dress for Success, I would consider not knowing them and not being super familiar with the organization, I would say it's sort of a medium level in terms of like budget, how much, how much they serve. You know, they're certainly not like a United way. They are well-liked, well-respected. That's testament to Vicky's work and also a testament to their location and how long they've had a large impact in Columbus. What are the other nonprofits that you were sort of working yeah. with actively. So there's about 2,500 nonprofits in, in our Columbus. community. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Columbus, Central Ohio. Um, and the vast majority of them work with a limited budget under of a quarter million dollars. Okay. So you think about when you hire a staff person, executive director, and maybe somebody else, that takes a lot of resources right there. And That's almost 250 right there, right? Yeah. So a lot of them are doing a lot of good with limited staff. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you that dress is one of those ones that's a little bigger. Yeah. Obviously, there's much larger ones. Ohio State University, the zoo. Right. United Way. Now, but do you guys partner with those types of work, the yeah. zoo? Yeah. For example, we haven't partnered with the okay. zoo. Uh, we do partner with smaller nonprofits, Broad Street Food Pantry, okay, which is in the downtown area. We partner with them every single month. We've done a lot of good work with them. We've even done supply drives to help 
get them the supplies they need. Okay. I'm trying to sort of like wrap the audience's head around what exactly it is you guys do. Is it fair to say that you augment slash replace what a traditional volunteer coordinator would do? I wouldn't say we replace. Okay. But we, we definitely support. And it really depends on the relationship. So to answer your question, yeah. smaller organizations that don't have the resources, yes, we can step in and provide even a lot of our nonprofit partners trust us to provide the orientation for our volunteers about the nonprofit's mission. Which would be a volunteer coordinator job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a huge thing, right? These yeah. are nonprofits trusting us with their messaging. And so, yes, we can step in, and we also work with larger nonprofits, Ronald McDonald House, Mid-Ohio Food Bank. We have a group going there today. Mm -hmm. They have a great volunteer program, and it's easy for our volunteers to plug in. And what we do in those cases is sometimes work with their team to identify unique opportunities. So, again, it doesn't just feel like it's a transactional experience. So, for example, Nina West Mm -hmm. and her crew for the uh, holiday show, Mm-hmm. Heels of Horror, Horror 10. Right. Yep. They love giving back to the community. And so we plugged them in with Ronald McDonald House, uh-huh. and they did a trick-or-treat Halloween experience with families there. And we work directly with the team at Ronald to come up with the activities because we, we understand what Nina and the crew want. We understand the framework that Ronald has in place. Right. So we're able to make sure it's not extra work on the nonprofit side. And we're also able to make sure that Nina and the crew gets the most fulfilling experience so that they want to come back right. year after year. Well, and I think that's part of the reason why it's sort of difficult to explain what BESA does is that it's it really depends on the client, right? It depends on either the individual or the corporation that's trying to contribute, yeah. and it depends on the nonprofit and what their needs are. You're, you're making those connections. Our, yeah, to simplify it, that's exactly what it is. We we believe we're connectors. We connect people and businesses to the community, mm-hmm. and by community, I mean to nonprofits. And we work with all our stakeholders to really bridge those opportunities so people can have the biggest impact in personal significant ways that, that are personal significant to them. And I know you're a nonprofit. Talk to me about, yeah. though, like, you know, how do you guys keep your lights on? Yeah. Is it, is it from the companies yeah. that you're helping coordinate their philanthropy yeah. or so our logo is a tree and we actually have that tree in our backyard okay and it and the leaves are dollar bills and no. ah, money <laughs> grows on trees for yeah, you yeah yeah no since we started so so nonprofits are businesses they're not for profit businesses right irs classifies them as businesses and i think sometimes that gets lost in that idea of of I used to think that, you know, you just get individual donations and you have to really work the street and get those donations. Right. And that's definitely true. But especially well, after that's the, a model, that right? is a model, especially after the recession, that model is really difficult to sustain. Mm-hmm. And since Bess uh, started, our team, our board has always said that we need to be diversified in our income. So that means individual donors who okay. are incredibly important to our mission or some of our biggest advocates. That means grants, but that also means social enterprises, earned revenue. Okay. So we work with businesses, again, to engage their employees, a company like Jenny's who has 700, 800 employees. We help facilitate volunteer programming for their employees, and then Jenny's pays us to provide that service. Okay. And so another one is we have software that we sell to companies so that they can better manage their philanthropy program. Okay. There are large companies in town that were, they were using Microsoft Excel 
to manage their philanthropy program. Yeah. You can do that, but then it's not an effective use of your resources. Right. Right. So we have software that allows you to get out of the weeds, the administrative day-to-day activities and focus on the big picture of driving your philanthropy program. So that you're tracking both dollars given. You got it. Hours volunteered. Yep. Quantifying the worth of those hours. Yep. Because frankly, for those private corporations, that's a tax write-off. It I mean, is. That's what you're facilitating yeah. is sort of this, you know, the reason why you track that stuff is so that at the end of the year, you, you can say, and here's what we gave. That And, and also, you can also say that in a campaign, too. Yeah, and, and one of the biggest challenges a, a, a company has is a lot of companies in Columbus mm-hmm. are very giving, but they don't have all the data points lined up to be able to tell their story and understand their impact. Okay. And so we help them facilitate and really understand what is the true impact they're having in the community and how to tell that story, not only to the outward community, but to their inner community, their employees, Mm -hmm. so that they can encourage their employees to be even more engaged in the community. Because a lot of employees, particularly millennials today, one of the questions they always ask on job interviews is, what is the company doing in the community? How is the company supporting the community? People want to work for companies that are engaged in the community. Right. And so we're able to help companies answer that question. Okay. So that software is called Best of Promise that launched last year. That was our second social enterprise. And 65% of our revenue comes from social enterprises revenue. Okay. And so is that, is it a piece of software they buy? Is it Mm -hmm. software as a service? You got it. So it's software as a service. Okay. It's a license. They pay us an annual license. The web portal. Web portal. You got it. And, you know, the way it works in the grand scheme of things is our whole mission is to connect more people to community service, to make giving back a bigger part of everyday life. And so we see this software as a way to engage now, let's say a company like Big Lots with thousands of employees. Right to help engage and facilitate their journey into that world of community engagement and and giving back. And does it do planning or is it more just like reporting out? It plans and reports, yes. I mean, does it have like a CRM aspect where it's like, hey, this person gave this many hours and like we know that. Yep. And then, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's the... What's it... it Is it a different cost per how you're using it or... Yeah, so it's based on the number of employees you have, the specific services you want from it. Okay. So So let's say I have a company, medium-sized company. Yeah. I can't go on and sign up for it. I really have to engage with like sales in order to like figure Correct. out. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And that's one of our biggest challenges right now. We built this. This is something we're working through right now. Yeah. We saw an opportunity to build this software. We saw that it would be an asset to the community. Mm-hmm. We built it. Again, a year and a half ago, we signed on some great clients, Big Lots, Safe Light, Columbia Gas of Ohio, wow. Nysource, GBQ. But it's a product that's essentially sitting on the shelf. We don't go out and knock on companies' doors and say, hey, we have this great product. It's when Big Lots is using it and then they tell the philanthropy person at another company, oh my God, you need to bring Bessa into your office for a conversation. They have this right. great product. So right now it's essentially sitting on the shelf and we are trying to figure out how to really market this product so that you got to hire have, a sales guy. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, yeah, but I mean, but even before a salesperson, someone to create the marketing program for it, right? So that not only can we gain more clients, but the bigger goal is to do more good in the community. Yeah, that's exciting, though. Yeah, it's I very mean, exciting. It's, it's exciting to not just sort of like have an idea and sort and and be at the point now where it's like 
what am I going to do with all this asset? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good spot to be in. It's also exciting because we see it as a vehicle to take BESA on the road, to take grow BESA outside of Columbus. Yeah. We have a lot of partners that are in a lot of communities and they want BESA to be there with them. And so this technology will help us grow outside of Columbus. And is it the technology that you use to manage your like volunteer leaders yeah. and stuff? It's, that's an interesting question. We basically have two separate technology solutions. There's BESA, which you know, everyone uses and knows, right? And then there's BESA Promise, this corporate philanthropy software. Okay. And so one of our next big goals is merging the two together so it can be more productive and then really building out the services and right. the software so that we can grow the impact and, and start moving into other communities. Well, and it sounds to me that it, like it's going to end up being sort of a, you're familiar with like Salesforce or HubSpot, yeah. where there's like Salesforce and HubSpot marketing, yeah. and then there's the sales. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. talk to each other. They're, yeah. they're quote unquote integrated, but really they are sort of these separate, basically silos that talk to each other. Yeah. And that's... I think sometimes you almost kind of don't want to supplant yourself and make it so that the corporation can manage their, you know, their volunteer engagement all on their own. You kind of want to be part of that. And well, so you keep yeah. those silos separate. You know what I mean? We definitely want, you know, we imagine an ecosystem right now. The way BESA is set up is it's really the power is with me and my team in terms mm -hmm. of setting up the projects hosting the projects, recruiting volunteers, the volunteer leader. And we really want the power to be with the community, a much more community-centric model, mm -hmm. so that nonprofits are able to post projects. The challenge there... Can they post projects on their own? Not right now. Okay. No. And okay. the challenge, the, the reason why is everything we do is a curated experience, and we want to make sure you as a volunteer have the best opportunity to engage the community. So that's why we're controlling that entire experience as much as possible. That ecosystem, That yeah. ecosystem. But... That the challenge there is it's hard to grow because it's really resource intensive. Right. But, you know, imagine. And so if we open it up to nonprofits and there are other volunteer platforms out there where nonprofits can post projects, mm -hmm. the challenge is you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Right. And so we want to create an ecosystem, an environment where you have the most relevant information in front of you to make the best decision for yourself right. to engage in the community. So, for example, you know, you think about businesses like Amazon uh -huh. or Netflix, they have, what, 10,000 plus titles, mm -hmm. but you sign on and it's curated just for you. They understand what you want to see, what's most relevant to you. It's based on what you've done before. It's based on ratings and reviews. So you flag like this person tends to like to get dirty or yeah, this person yeah. likes to do physical labor. We're not or there yet. That's this where people we're going. Likes, yeah. This people likes to interact with others. That's where we're going. That's where we're heading. So when a nonprofit posts a project, based on, let's say, the reviews that the community has. Let's say Ronald McDonald House right. has access to this theoretical system. They can post a project, and they have five out of five stars and you know all this great feedback. And they can add these tags that are like, yep. hey, you work with kids. Hey, yep. we work with families. Hey, we don't So it's not just uh, like every project thrown at the wall, and you see right. everything, and it's overwhelming. Right. Right? It's relevant to you as an individual. How many people on staff do you have? We have four right now. We're working to get to uh, add two more. Okay. And what's your annual budget? Our annual budget is this year will be right around 400000 That's great. That's awesome. I mean, five years, that's awesome. Yeah. I, we've doubled every year, which is fantastic. It's okay. easy to double when you're small, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but we see so much opportunity. So we actually just launched a million-dollar campaign to get to our next Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's what we're working on And so is that now. a giving campaign that like you're soliciting from corporations and your previous yeah. partners? So we have 
great partners that have been a part of, of BESA since the beginning. Some mm-hmm. that have, you know, come on in the past couple of years and, and have really been a, a part of this journey. Mm-hmm. And so those are the ones that we're asking you to come down this next path with us. Right. Help us get there. Great. Yeah. And it's basically a capital campaign. It is. For you it's guys. a capital campaign. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. How did this start? How did this what start? What is your background? My background. I don't think I know this, actually. Full disclosure, you and I, well, uh, for another month, sit on the Create Columbus Commission together. You're stepping off because you're a very busy man. But where did you, what is your background? My background. I'm from Philadelphia. Uh huh. Have you been? Yes. Center City, mostly. Yep. Yeah. So I grew up in Philadelphia. I came to Ohio State University, the mm-hmm. Ohio State University in 1999. Okay. Graduated with degrees in marketing and political science, went right into the business world. My father worked was a, for... Well, real quick, uh, my entire family has been in business, have owned their own businesses. And so oh, like, okay. it was just like in my like psyche, right? Like this, this is, is what, what you I'm going do. to do. Right. And so I first worked for a retail consulting firm in town and worked with companies like Walmart to really help them understand consumer trends. Okay. And then I almost went to Target out in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Thank you. Yes. Twice actually, but stayed here and it was recruited by Abercrombie and did market research for them for about five years. Okay. Both were great opportunities, right? So you think about Abercrombie. Learned a lot, learned how to work within corporate structure. You got it. Right. It's good stuff. But it wasn't the right fit for me. There was something inside of me that wasn't being fulfilled. Okay. And I didn't know what that was. And so when I was 27, I was at Abercrombie and I said to myself, I don't know where I'm supposed to be, but by the time I'm 30, I want to have that figured out. Okay. I know it's not supposed to be here. So by the time I'm 30, you know, I should be somewhere else. And I started working on that plan. Okay. And uh, I did all kinds of different things. And one of them was volunteer on a crisis hotline, a suicide hotline. Okay. On Saturday mornings. And it was a three hour shift. It was one of the most fulfilling opportunities of my entire life and of my weeks when I was doing it. Okay. And I wanted more of that. So I started volunteering more and then I got my coworkers involved. And that's when this light bulb went off that I work with smart and talented people mm-hmm. that want to give back. They're not sure how to give back. And that's the idea of BESA. Okay. And so what are you doing? I don't know that I would know about BESA if I didn't know you. How are you? I mean, it's a testament given the, the turnout that you had for your five-year anniversary event, gala, party, celebration. Celebration, sure. But what, what are you guys doing in yeah. terms of getting the word out about Yeah. A lot of it is social media. Okay. So for example, I volunteered at the homeless shelter a couple months ago and there were these three uh, younger uh, women there. And it turns out that one of them volunteered the the month before. Okay. She posted a photo that we posted. She reshared it. And her two friends saw it and said, we want to do that. And she's like, well, I'll go with you next month. So one person came the previous month and then the next month brought two of her friends. So right there, you know, you have three people. That idea of the viral aspect of it is what works for us, just people sharing. Yeah. Word of mouth. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then, yeah, we, we, the news has been really good to us in terms of sharing our stories. But I would say the biggest thing is social media because that's where our audience is. And then nonprofits. We work with a lot of good nonprofits, about 70 right now. Okay. And so they share the story of what they're doing with us with the greater nonprofit community. And that just opens more doors for us. Okay. I think the way we lead in terms of, of getting the word out is being authentic to ourselves and allowing our story to be shared by our partners. Yeah. And that's where we've, we've had the most success and we've, where we've had the best partnership, be it with 
volunteers, companies, or nonprofits? Well, it's interesting, right? Because you sort of, your goal is to facilitate these things. You just, you kind of don't want to be, you want to trumpet the good work, the good volunteering work that people are doing. That's why Best of Promise exists. You want to facilitate and get people involved with other nonprofits. But at the same time, you have a responsibility to your organization to sort of trumpet yourself because it's the only way that those yeah. other two things are going to happen. You know it's what true. I mean? I mean, even in terms it's of... It's weird. It is. So. Even in how we try to raise funds, right? So okay. sometimes it's hard for us to tell our story of why you should invest your dollars in BESA because it's not like... Give us money. We're solving homelessness, right? Homelessness no, you're is facilitating the that these other exactly. organizations, and you're not a grant making organization. No, you're not giving money yeah. to. You're facilitating volunteer yeah. hours. Yeah. So telling that side of it and and compelling people or to to get them excited about being a partner of BESA, mm-hmm. you know, there's an extra step there because it's not as easy as just saying we're a homeless shelter or a food pantry. If right. Know. I'm actually curious at this point. Did you decide to become a nonprofit or was that sort of like, well, we sort of have to be? Yeah. I'm thinking about like Blackbaud and Cantera mm-hmm. that, are, yeah. that are like giving and like for-profit uh, for yeah. software organizations you got it. that facilitate giving and, and volunteer management to an extent, but they are huge and they're difficult yeah. to work with. I imagine everyone that's listening doesn't know what that is unless you've worked for a large nonprofit. Yeah. What, or a large company because right. they have software for corporations. Right. When we launched, before we launched, we always knew we wanted to be a nonprofit because of our mission to really make it easier and to connect people to their community. Okay. Right. That just feels like something that is about the community. The word community is in it. And so, and even the way we wanted to structure our funding, we wanted to be able to be say that we are supported by the community. Right. When we launched our software, we did talk about making that as a, a spinoff, right? Yeah. For profit, and we could do that. But what we realized is all of a the sudden, then you have two separate companies, two separate boards, two separate staff. It becomes much more complicated. Right. And so we wanted to keep well, it. Well, you have to sort of be careful about the work of the BESA people it. and the software people. And like, it has to be separate. So that it's not inuring to the benefit of anybody. 100%. Yeah. And so it, gets, it becomes much more complicated. And we felt like we wanted to focus on really growing what we're trying to accomplish. Right. Increasing engagement in our community. Right. And that could bog down with this whole business aspect of it. Right. So it was decided, let's keep it as a nonprofit as long as possible with one team in place to really drive home that mission. I just want to wrap up talking about sort of what your thoughts are on the Columbus nonprofit and giving and philanthropy community. Yeah. What's the lay of the land yeah. in the nonprofit space in Columbus? I think uh, in Columbus and across the country, it's difficult, right? Okay. You think about the recession, how that wiped out a lot of nonprofits. Right. But so many people working at nonprofits and working elsewhere are dedicated to uplifting our community. And so there are a lot of organizations in our community doing a lot of good work that just need our support. Mm -hmm. And so we have a giving community, be it an individual or a business or or even the Columbus Foundation, seventh largest foundation in the world. Mm -hmm. Bill and Melinda Gates is number one. Number seven is right here in our community doing a lot of good work with hundreds of nonprofits. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity to do more good work. Here's the biggest problem or challenge that I see. There's so much need in our community, 
and the need far outpaces the resources that we have. Yeah. And the only way to tackle that is to get more people engaged. The more people engaged in, in addressing these big, hairy, ugly problems, right. the more opportunity we have to solve problems. The nonprofits aren't. You literally just said that the BHAG is the BHAG. The (laughs) the big hairy ugly problem is that we have a big hairy ugly problem, which is good. I love it. I I mean, it's good. And I think the point you're making is that it's about engagement, and it's not. So many people, so many times, are like, "I can't help. I I can't afford to give money." Um, A lot of other people say, "I can't afford to give time." You know. Like I'm a fairly new dad. That's yeah. a really difficult thing for me to say. Like I'm going to dedicate a whole evening to un- a whole nother thing. Yeah, is hard for me. A lot of people are in that position that they want to do it right. You mm-hmm. want to be a part of your community, but sometimes it's hard to figure out how you plug in. Right. So us as nonprofits, I think, can do even a better job of making it easier for you to plug in in your busy schedule in ways that are personal, and significant to you. Well, and that's where Bessa comes in. And that's right? where Bessa comes in. Great. Matthew, thank you so much for your time today. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite volunteer. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.